Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, ball watchers. We got the full crew back together again. Justin has has joined us from your vast travels, both overseas and into the out west. Justin, welcome back to the show. I just want to make one point before we welcome you back in officially, but I am wearing the sunglasses today. Uh, and it's it's in, I think, some solidarity with the team right now because we got a lot of haters uh, from some of our own, you know, you know, clapping off about how, you know, we're, we're frauds, we're awful after watching us lose last night. And I'm here just to block out the haters. So that's what I'm doing with these shades. I know you'd be wearing yours in solidarity if you'd brought them to work today. Uh, but uh, welcome back anyway, Justin. I would not be wearing them, James. You've had some you've had some disgusting starts to some of these podcasts, but I think this is the worst one yet. Oh well, we'll this, let people we'll let people decide. We hopped on before this. I thought you had like eye surgery that I was not aware no, of. No, we'll let the people decide how they how they like this. But right. I guess for those on the podcast, I am wearing sunglasses right now. Uh, so yes, and we also came off a loss last night. Uh, against Real Salt Lake, uh, taking it to us uh, in this game, especially the second half, losing 3-1 at home at City Park, which always sucks to lose at home uh, because we've been so strong there this season. But we've got to do this for you anyway, so we're going to recap the full game and also parlay that into a preview of San Jose Earthquakes, which is coming up in some short fashion here on Saturday as we head west. Um, but Justin, I'll let you start it off for, for for us today since it's been a while. But how, how would you describe your feeling last night of the game or your feeling about this team as we move forward? Uh, yeah, I had to think about this one a little bit because I did think it was a good game to start. I love CS bounce back, but it was just very up and down. I'm going with the word turbulence just because I feel like not, it kind of applies to the game, but also how we've been this season with our hot start. And then we go down and then now, and then we were back up for a couple games and now we're coming off of what back-to-back losses in a, in a tie versus LAFC. Um, so I don't know. I just feel a lot of up, ups and downs right now. So turbulence is my word. Yeah. And, and you meant, you meant galaxy, right? With the LAFC one. We, oh, we yeah. Yeah. Galaxy. yeah. I'm bad, I'm bad, yeah. I'm bad, I'm bad. No, you're good. Um, for my word, I, I think that's a good one. Last night did feel turbulent. And I think our, our season so far has been like a roller coaster, just like ups and downs, like significant ups and also some downs. But if I had to, I'm going to go more for the game last night. And I feel like I might have used this one. Did I Have I used partial before? I don't know. I don't know if I have either, but but partial for me is the word I would pick because it was very much a partial performance last night from the team. I think partial in that we had some some performers that I was actually happy with and we had some others that I was really unhappy with. And we also had a game where we played. I think we actually really, really played probably about an hour of that game. The last 30 minutes were kind of just us taking taking the heat from from RSL. But that aside, uh, not not loving what we saw last night. I think it was a pretty depressing game for those that watched the full one. I know you were there, Justin. How was the feeling in the stadium? With was the air sucked out of it, or people were still sticking to their guns? We were sticking to our guns for the most part. I mean, it was a great atmosphere to start. Great, I guess. I guess the summer night. Now the yeah. weather felt phenomenal. Um, everybody was standing. I actually I didn't think I was going to make it, so I sold our season tickets and then I rebought. So I was actually in the lower level, so stood the whole time. The atmosphere was cool down there. Um, I will say it was definitely taken out towards the end, especially with that third goal. Yeah. I hadn't seen it like that, especially at home, obviously because we've been so good at home, but it, it felt completely different. People were leaving early. It was silent. I was not a fan of Ugh. that. Yeah, you, you you hate to see that. You hate to see that, but get it out of the way. Let's do the recap, and then we'll wash our hands of this whole game and situation. But getting into some of the highlights, I mean, I think most of them probably center in the first half. 
uh, for me. And I saw some good moments from from Blum. And this is just a general comment I have. But I, I noticed last night, just even early on in the sixth minute, I almost feel like last night we were playing him. Obviously, he he brings so much more quality back to the midfield. He is sorely missed, especially when Leuven's gone. And I almost think that him last night, me watching him, I almost feel like he was playing Leuven's position last night where he was being asked to not only sweep up in the back, but also contribute in distribution, starting attack moving forward. Because you saw some passes last night where he was you know, able to break the lines or, or spring some wingers into the play. Uh, so I almost feel like in Leuven's absence, we'll get into lineups going forward here, but I want to talk a little bit about his roles. I feel like he might have a little bit more to offer in terms of going forward in that capacity. But saw some saw some tidbits of that last night. There was also, I mean, tidbits is how I would describe the performances. Some people had some flashes of, hey, it was it was pretty good. There was a great slide tackle from Nerwinski early on in the game, the eighth, where he kind of wrapped around it and then possessed it moving forward. Uh, Blum had a rip. Uh, that he made a quick interception and just let it fly, which I love to see. He's got a good shot on him, like powerful at least. I don't know about accuracy yet. <laughs> we'll get that, was, that was one. I was surprised to see him take a rip, which I love. Like you said, he's kind of filling in for Lubin, who can definitely rip some shots. But it's one of those things when you think about Blum, it's more possession and winning tackles for us. But I love to see him taking some rips. Um, and then right after that, led into our first goal, or our only goal, uh, 20th minute, a little Johnny Nelson and Jared Stroud build up in the overlap for a dangerous cross. Ends up on the other side to Nowinski, cross to Gio, uh, who wins an aerial ball, which is not one that we see a lot of Gio in. You could see that he was being held on his jersey. So I was happy to see him kind of create that physical presence that we've been missing from Klaus. And then after he scored the goal, he did the finger touch and he even pointed up to what I would assume would be Klaus and wherever yeah. he was sitting. But I like to think so, at least. Big man looking down on on his protege, but uh, no, I agree. I, I think it was an impressive impressive header. I mean, you 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 you've been the center back side of that, where it's hard to defend those types of balls when they're and that one was kind of just hanging up there from Nerwinski, but he got up strong and, and he won it. So I was I thought that was a really strong goal from him, especially you know trying to be a the number nine that we kind of need him to be right now. Uh, but otherwise, I thought there were some moments from Indy. He had a curler. Uh, over the wall that just missed a little high and wide from pretty deep. Um, he also hit another bomb. Just uh, he he's got some serious power in his locker. I think he'll score some big goals this season for us. Like really really cool goals. Um, after Nelson uh, had had given it to Joaquini who laid it off. There's a lot of those layoffs last night, and I think there were some great layoffs, and there were some they can totally read. We're going to lay this ball off and just take it off of us. Uh, otherwise, I saw a great Berkey save uh, in the extra time on the first half. Uh, he he was able to hold off uh, a corner uh, header on the on the back post as well. So I mean, all intensive purposes, first half wasn't bad. First half, you kind of left yourself saying we probably could have put another one in. We we probably could have been in, in more of the driver's seat heading into the second half. Yeah, I don't like that we have on here. Great save by Roman to end the first half, and our first highlighted second half is Roman Berkey with another great save <laughs> on the near post. So it's he did a lot. I mean, they had they had what I think it was. They had nine shots on goal. They scored three of them. We'll get into their goals, but he couldn't do anything on any of those. Those were nice finishes, curlers, pretty close as well. But another one, I, I love seeing Celio out there again, I think, as a whole for the game as well. Um, I think we did great on the press. Like you you tweeted that Stroud was everywhere in the first half. I think Celio did well with that. And I think Blum kind of closed the gaps whenever those guys were pressing high as well. And Nico was kind of squeezing him. So it was good to see that. Celio had a good recovery in that, wins the ball in the attacking third which is great for us as well, as we always love those in the third, just a ping-ping and get it right on goal. Um, and then in the 64th, Gio laid it off for Stroud, who forces a big save out of their keeper. 
I was, that was down towards the corner I was in, in section 101. And it was an impressive shot by Stroud. It was a pretty pacey ball by Gio and it needed to be with how fast the play was going. And he had an outside of the foot to get that on and he had some power on it. So it's good to see him get up for that. I want to pause there, Justin, because the more that I look at our highlights and lowlights, that for me, him missing that chance or Stroud not burying that after Joe King laying it off beautifully for him kind of tells the tale of when we stop and they just drive the nail in and win this game. It's because that's the 64th minute we missed that chance. In the 65th minute, they scored their goal. And we'll get into that in the lowlights. But that's one that you kind of kick yourself for because who knows, if that if that goes in, we could be talking about a win you know, this morning versus talking about, you know, a three, one loss that was pretty demoralizing towards the end there. So that just goes back to, you got to be clinical with your chances and you got to, you got, whenever you're presented with them, when you miss those, you know what you're leaving open. And that's literally a minute later, they go on and take the lead. No, but there was two other ones I wanted to mention highlights real quick before I toss a question to you. Uh, Nerwinski had a slide block on a Luna run and then Berkey had a great save again on a one-on-one with Luna. There was one more chance that we don't have in here for highlights that, uh, the keeper laid down and kind of spilled it. And then we tried to get it on a goal and they had a yep. great block off the line. Who, who shot that? It was- he was offsides. I, I think Joe Keeney ended up being offsides in that play. I thought it was Joe Keeney. Okay. He like tried to dribble him. No, 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 no. This well, was a ball that the-, the keeper came out and slid. And then uh, Nico hopped over him. It might've even been late oh. enough to be Jensen or, or all. I'll have to look that up. We're good. Yeah. Keep yeah. yeah. No, I, I know. But I know what chance you're talking about. I know what the, the goalie about. wasn't, it was, the goal was wide open. There's two defenders and then one of the defenders made a good block. Otherwise that yeah. should have been a finish as well. You're as right. far as missing big chances. No, you're right. Uh, in terms of stats, you kind of look at the split. It was pretty close in possession. We had 48 to their 52%. XG, I think it was our lowest one of the season so far, 0.72 for the entire game, which is disgusting. And getting further into, you look at the stats, it's a lot of blue here. Uh, and I know that uh, RSL isn't a blue team, but they're a blue team when it comes to looking at the stats here. And they had most of the majority of all of the rest of the stats. Um, you know, we beat them in shots off target, uh, which is nothing to, nothing to be proud about there. But Otherwise, I mean, they, they they played hungry. They played lethal. I'm not going to lie. I The soccer gods were on RSL side last night. They finished every chance that they, they earned or that they were given. It felt like we things just weren't going our way at times. And that that Demir Krylock, holy cow. I mean, just, just lethal, lethal on those two chances. I think that was his first brace in years. Uh, so it was a bummer it came at our, at our hands. The, the one thing I will say before we get into the rest of the lowlights, uh, or kind of an overall lowlight for me, the, the fan base, we did not appreciate the ref. In my opinion, there was a lot of tackles in either. If their tackles weren't that bad, it was multiple back-to-backs where they should have picked up yellows. They didn't pick up their first yellow to the 54th. And by that point, we already had three. And if it's that chippy of a game, I don't think it's that one-sided. And then all before that, that we picked up our three yellows when it was a tie game. It's not like we were getting pissed that we were already down 3-1, so... I was not a huge fan of that. And people, it was one of those like sarcastic claps when they finally got a yellow, the, the, the stadium went nuts. No, then that's a great call out because that's something that I think Carnell mentioned in the post game too. And this is a perfect segue to lowlights is yellows have a time and a place, you know, you want to burn them when you're getting burned and there's going to lead to a chance or, you know, what have you there, there are intentional good yellows. You've talked about it before. Like if you're going to lose the ball in a dangerous spot, bring the guy down. No point in letting him go. You'll be yellow to burn. And ideally, that's going to be in the second half or deeper into the game when you have you know a little more flexibility. We're getting these early yellows where you got to think that it's in their minds. Like, one, 
you got to have better better composure to not get stupid yellows. There was a couple things I wrote down here where I'm pretty sure Norwinsky had a had a cheap yellow, stupid. Uh, Bartlett had a had a cheap yellow, also stupid. But that alters how you play your game. I mean, you think about your your experience as a center back. If you're sitting on a yellow for I don't know 80 70 percent of the game, that's going to change how you play. I completely agree, and it's one of those things, especially as a center back, like you said, it you have to go in a little bit lighter and you're, then you're hesitant that entire time. And Jake, I'm starting to get a little bit worried. Maybe next episode, we should talk about the buildup of how many yellows the guys have. And as we kind of look into where that's going to line up as we get through the season and possible games, they're going to miss because yes, we're not getting red cards that consistently have two with Johnny and Hebert throughout the season of double yellows. But now we're looking at missing more and more games, especially Stroud didn't get one last night. I don't believe, but I mean, that guy's yeah, a yellow card machine. Yeah, he oh, did. he did get one. Oh, yeah. Jesus. Yeah, that's what I'm saying, dude. It's like it's going to continue to build. And I looked at that. We're not first in the MLS in yellows. We're tightening. We have 45 and we are sixth. But still, that I mean, six out of 29 teams, that's yeah. not a place you want to be. No, it's not. And it definitely alters how you play defense. For me, the yellows were a negative last night. I'm going to speak more in general generalities here. I, I mentioned this already, but last night, I feel like we rely a lot on hitting our target man, either that's Joe Acchini or a winger or a central midfielder and laying the ball off like on, on a one time to get some width. And RSL was ready to anticipate those last night. There was plenty of times, especially in the first half, where they just picked those off before they can land at the feet of who they were meant for. Their goal that came in the 15th minute, uh, and that was a counter off of Ner- after Parker like kneecapped this ball uh, into the middle of the park and it was a bad giveaway. They took it down the field, squared it up. The guy dummied over it. Great finish. Great finish and a great counterattack. Great team goal. Nothing Berkey could do. I know you didn't think that either. Um, there were some long free kicks and set pieces that I still am not convinced we do a great job set piece defending on, which is frustrating considering how stout our center backs are. You know, Bartlett's a massive, massive dude, and Parker is no small guy either. But, you know, Physical, we've got to win those battles in there. We cannot be conceding set piece chances. Dude, we I feel like we win the first ball. It's all about when it, it's the second ball. Second I don't know ball. if we don't we need to get we need to get to it. Or when after it's like bouncing around, we're not as good just running through the ball. I don't know if we're Huston to get a foul, but we can't clear with our feet. And that actually happened. We'll touch on it later, but I think that happened on was it on the yeah. So I mean I'll talk. There was a cheap yellow by Norway in the 45th, but the 47th. Luna keeps the ball. Blum, the the ball was at his feet. It was it was kind of pacey, but then he took too long of a touch, and then they took it back. Luna took it back, um, and it was a nice finish by Krylak after uh, it did nutmeg Bartlett. Yep. I mean, that's also a really close finish, but something you can't do when you're Roman. It's it's unlucky there, but that is one where Blum, I feel like if he holds onto it or just clears it, that's another chance, and we're, only, we're still only tie game in the 47th. Yeah, I mean, there was some other stuff too. I mean, their, their, their third goal was just like a – a knife to our hearts. Parker stepped up again, didn't win the ball. He made a comment after the game about they they do try to defend forward, which is evident. We, we see them do that. They step up, they get on the backs of forwards and wingers uh, attempting to just throw a foot in there or to throw them off physically and, and win that ball back, which is great when it's working. And when it's not, you're left tremendously exposed at the back. And this was a case of that. Blum, God love him, was probably exhausted. He wasn't tracking back that well. They did another cutback cross with no one tracking the runner. And again, another curling finish from Krylak. And we're done. I mean, the game was done and dusted there. It's not like we had this huge flurry of of chances after that. And that was pretty much it for me. So getting into player ratings. uh, Actually, Justin, before we do that, for anyone that's tuning in here live or afterwards on YouTube, 
subscribe to the show hop yeah go go down below and hit the subscribe button and while you're there hit the notifications button so you know when we're doing this we did some some digging here on, on the ball watching side over half of you that watch these videos aren't subscribed what are you doing what are you doing hit subscribe we love we love doing this for you guys we do it at least twice a week more with the u.s men's national team recently and probably more for the gold cup coming up but come on you got you got to subscribe to the show I'll say a big one on that. Like you said, hit the notifications as well. Cause we like when people get in here, get a little feisty, throw some comments in there. There's some banter that goes on back and forth, depending on what time, once we get our regularly, regularly scheduled yeah. programming, but yeah, absolutely. Uh, moving to player ratings. Let, let's expedite this Justin, so we can get into the, the preview here. But for me, uh, I'm going to say the back line last night, not great. I actually thought people were, were just roasting our fullbacks last night. Like, I honestly think the center backs were worse than our fullbacks last night. I, I thought Parker and Bartlett were exposed almost the entire night and their lack of pace was on display. But I thought Nerwinski had a decent night. And I thought Nelson, especially in the first half, was a big part of our attack moving forward, combining with Stroud and, and our central midfielders. So I don't know. I mean, for a 3-1 loss, it's hard to give anyone more than like a C, maybe even D uh, for the center back pairing. Yeah, I mean, you skipped over Berkey. I'd still think they have him as a 6-2 here. I would give him probably like a B-plus or probably just a flat yeah, B. Yeah, some good B. saves. I think he had great saves, and I think the goals he couldn't do anything about. And he moved into the midfield. I thought Indy did well to get forward. I don't remember recalling Indy doing anything on defense, so that's kind of worrisome. And then kind of the opposite, Blum does a lot defensively, and he had that one good rip, but it's we need to see them kind of work together and not be so interchanging, but both up and back. So yeah, midfield, I think they did – all right. We, I didn't feel like the, I didn't feel like RSL played through us that often. I feel like it was down to the wings and getting some crosses yeah. in, like you mentioned in the preview, but, and then as we move up uh, to the next three, Stroud, Oshrak, Pompeo, I thought they did get, did good to press. I don't think we created as many chances. Obviously it shows in the XG. So I think those three could have stepped up there. Yeah. They were fine. Stroud, especially in the very beginning was playing great. So I like it. Take the first 25 a for me, like he was behind everything we were doing. And then Celio, for me, I don't know. He felt kind of lost last night in the shuffle. There wasn't much that was going down our right side. I feel like everything was kind of going to our left side. So he, and I feel like that happens when he starts is the play doesn't, is always on the opposite wing from him. But that's maybe that's because he can be dangerous on his own. Uh, so I thought he did fine last night. I don't know. I, I probably think like a C for him. Ostrock, not great last night either. I thought the best performance was Giochini, uh, obviously getting up for that goal. And he played a pretty strong game last night. You do want to see him not do as much of the simulation sometimes of the diving, but some of it's hard to tell. Like, what it, where does the line end? Like, where are you being forced down? And when, when are you kind of just trying to sell it? But he, he is he is picking up a, a physical side of his game. And and I, I, I do really appreciate what he's been able to kind of parse together in Klaus's absence because it's been a it's been a process, right? Like he's gotten better and better. But he's at eight goals now. Like he, he's he's legit. Yeah, and I think I think he needed to step up during this time period. And yeah, we'll talk. I mean, you can do some of the flops. He's just trying to create chances. So I'm I'm okay with it, to be honest. I know it's frustrating at some points, but keep doing what you're doing. Predictions, you had a three one dub. I was not on the preview, so I'm gonna say a three one L and just say, Oh, I spot <laughs> spot on. Good no, job, Justin. Uh where do we go from here? Uh, we'll just make this one quick, Jake, unless you want to pull up the map. But last time I think we were in Destin and then we argued about being in Destin maybe twice. So we're not in Destin anymore, I'll tell you that. We're going a little more north. Shout out Mike Ritter. We're going to Atlanta. It's like it's a okay. bigger city, but we're moving away from Florida, dude. We're definitely and I don't want to go west to Houston. So that's one of those things where we're definitely not on the beach anymore, though. I think we're back in a lull. We're back on uh, surrounded by land. Yeah, I agree. And I see a good comment in the in the comments about 
the debate at left back. We're going to get to that, John. Good, good question. Uh, but And I, I have more to say about where do we go from here, but I want to do the preview first. So let's get into San Jose. So we're playing San Jose at the lovely hour of 930 Central Time on Saturday in in San Jose, making the flight out to California after playing on Wednesday and this past Saturday. So short rest for the boys. But San Jose, two-time champions. They've kind of been suffering as of recently in the last couple of years. Uh, failed to make the playoffs 11 of the last 15 seasons. Pretty unacceptable for a club with their rich history. But this season, these guys are, are world beaters. And when I say that, they play down to the level of opposition, but it looks like they've also played up to the level of opposition. So they've taken down LAFC, Philadelphia Union, and Seattle already. Uh, and there should be no worries. They, they can go head-to-head, toe-to-toe with anyone they want to, but they're also able to fall victim to teams that are very much subpar them, which is made evident by a game like last night, which I'll get to here. But STL connection, Justin, I did some digging on this one, but Steve Ralston is, was born in Oakville. I did not know that he's an assistant coach for San Jose earthquakes. He's got over 350 MLS appearances, almost 40 U S men's national team caps, and also player coached at AC St. Louis back in 2010. Do you remember that AC St. Louis? No. Yeah, it was it was a short it was a short stint cut short by financial issues, but he was a player coach. Okay, yeah, I like that. Yeah, yeah it's kind of I don't I'm still confused by the whole situation, but uh, it's good to have a nice job digging on that. Yeah. That's a random one. Yeah, it is random. And, but... and as we get a little bit more into the actual preview of the game, we did play these guys already, and we absolutely stopped them three zero at home. We had twenty shots with eight on goal compared to their thirteen and two. They are going to be – I'm surprised by that, knowing their offensive power. And we'll talk about the individuals on the team. But, I mean, that's also when we had a full squad and no injuries and early in the season, strong legs, all of that. Um, 45% possession, which is what we want to be at. We had an XG of 2.13, and they had 1.9. So a lot of shots going on as well. Yeah, they had uh, one, one person. We had Klaus at the time. I think we also had Leuven at the time. I don't know, I'm not sure about Blum. But they also had Cade Cowell, uh, who will be missing for this one. But uh, getting into San Jose, how they fared kind of since we last saw them and defeated them is they're seven, six, and six as of last night. So seven wins, six losses, six draws. Good for fifth in the Western Conference. Away, they're abysmal. Only one win so far, six losses and three draws. And then home, they are unbeatable. They are six wins, zero losses, and three draws. But as of last night, they've got a negative two goal differential, receiving a thrashing at the hands of Houston. Uh, like I did mention, they beat LAFC 2-1. to one. They drew Dallas 1-1. One, one. They beat Seattle 1-0. They beat the Union 2-1. So these are some pretty good teams they've been facing since we last matched up with them. But Houston, last night, obviously we just saw the boys from down south. And 4-1. I mean, it was not a pretty game from them. And they had everyone but Cade Cowell starting in their lineup because Cade is away with the Gold Cup uh, U.S. men's national team. And ooh, I watched the highlights there was a giveaway inside the 18. It, lo- it looked like a goal that we would have scored in the very early part of the season for Houston to kind of open up the scoring. A couple cutback cross goals. Uh, there was some goalkeeper mi- misplaying uh, from their side. And honestly, just a game, they just looked awful, but they were away from home. And that's not something we haven't seen from them this season. But home is a different story. They scored their goal on a free kick, but they just didn't generate a lot in from open play. So I'm excited to see what we'll see on Saturday, like which version of San Jose we get. But they've got some good players. Also, positive spin on the whole home aspect. We're kind of unreal at home and just got absolutely bounced last That's night. True. So I'm not too worried That's about true. it. So, uh, yeah, positive, or the players real quick. K- 
Cade Cal, we already said he's not going to be there. U.S. Gold Cup duty. He's a 19-year-old American um, just returned from the U-20 World Cup where he's a standout there. Um, linked to some abroad values of about $5 million for Juventus from Milan. So, but not a guy we have to worry about. I think the two yep. guys you really need to worry about. I'll take the first one, Jake. Christian Espinosa, 28-year-old Argentinian uh, designated player, by far his most productive season. Um, after four full seasons in San Jose and bouncing around La Liga and Argentina first year, he has eight goals and five assists. Leads a team in goals, assists, shots on target, key passes, highest rated player, number one in XAG in MLS, and number two in KP behind Almada. Help me with those acronyms. Yeah, so expected assisted goals and key passes. So the guy's a creator and also a finisher. Eight goals, five assists. He, he's doing it at both ends. He's a dangerous player. He's one that probably is a, a dark horse for an MVP candidate right now if he keeps it up. But uh, Jeremy Ibobese is their striker. Uh, we had some fun talking about his name last time, I remember. But he's I, I could have said it this time. You could have. You could have gotten it. He's 26. He's American. Scored 17 goals last season, the season of his career so far. And that was the most productive since he started in the MLS in 2017. So far this season, he's playing second fiddle to Christian Espinosa, but he's got seven goals, uh, two assists. So not as heavy on the assisting. Had the most shots on the team, though. Uh, and basically just right behind Espinosa in almost every category. But he's a big target man striker uh you will not miss him uh otherwise kate Cal, like you said is is probably their other star that's their front three so christian plays on the right jeremy in the middle and Cade out left but Cade did the u20 world cup missed significant time with them and then went straight to gold cup duty basically so he played two games i'm pretty sure and now he's gone again so unfortunate for them but fortunate for us yeah but uh... Espinoza and Abobase have eight goals, seven goals, and then it drops off to two. So yeah. you really, that's one of those things we really just need to focus on in these next couple of days in training is making sure that we kind of know where those guys are and put Blum basically in one of their pockets. Right. Only other I don't mention, I'm, I'd, I'd say Justin is Jackson Yule, who we, we talked about. He's, he was one of Greg's guys when, when Greg initially came into the national team. He's their central midfielder, kind of their, their composer, kind of like their Leuven. He distributes the ball for them. He is the fifth most passes into the opposition third in the MLS. So he's the guy that kind of unlocks the midfield block or the defensive block to begin the passage of play to be dangerous and lead to a chance. Uh, so keep an eye out for him as well. But those are some of some of the key players. Style-wise, this is a team that's coached by Luchi Gonzalez, who's a pretty big household name in the MLS, at least. Uh, he was earned his fame kind of more at Dallas and you know churning out product after product of this talent pool that Dallas has built and contributed to our national team even. But um, he's coached Dallas successfully in 2019 and 2020, leading them to the playoffs. Uh, he was an assistant coach for the men's national team after he was fired in 21 from Dallas. And then he was announced as the coach at the, at the end of last August. So this is his first full season with the Quakes. And I feel like this is a team that sets up to play in a 4-3-3 or 4-2-3-1. I expect to see a 4-3-3 on, on Saturday personally. They attack with speed. They have plenty of it. And they're extremely direct. So a little bit reminiscent of us. They're a little more comfortable in possession as well, so I wouldn't expect uh, to see us lead the possession in this game. And like I said, they'll stretch us with with the width and with the speed they have, and they're comfortable on the ball. So I I, I am comfortable letting them do that uh, in this game. It, it'll be great for us. Yeah, as we talk about trends and storylines with them, I would love to see them possess. Um, one thing we need to look at, so they're actually doing pretty well in the last five games, two wins, two draws, one loss. You already kind of mentioned that. They're currently 11th in ESPN's MLS Power Rankings. Their strengths, direct free kicks, set pieces, and with their front dynamic three, which will now be two for Saturday against us, 
looking specifically at their offense with those front guys, their XG is only 1.9, 1.15 per 90 minutes, which is fifth worst in the MLS. And they only average 1.17 goals for, which is kind of middle of the pack. So they're performing very equivalent to what their XG is. However, their whole, their home form 1.24 XG is still 23rd in the MLS. But they have 13 goals for, and one thing I wanted to note that you noted here, I love it. 20% of their goals come in the first 10 minutes of the game, but then half of their goals come between the 51st and 80th. So we definitely need to make sure that we do not get punched in the mouth uh, first thing out there, especially with yeah. how good they are at home. God, no, I, I really hope not. Because they they are a little more productive at home, but not the most productive team. Uh, they, they score every 63 minutes at home right now. They're averaging about 2.33 points per match, which – gives them one of the biggest home field advantages that we see in the MLS right now. So far, in any second half played at home, they have never lost. They've always been winning or at least tied in the second half alone. So I'd say kind of comfortably a pretty good second half team. Um, In terms of goal output, they've scored most of them inside the 18, uh, one free kick direct goal, and five from outside the 18. Uh, So got to be wary of the long shot from them. Otherwise, they're the second least shots on target. Uh, like I said, they don't create a whole lot, but they're seventh in terms of goal creating actions. When you're looking at either shots that were caused by a defensive move, they either stuck a foot in and made a tackle and it led to a shot or it led to a chance. Um, and also sixth in, in the shot creating actions, when you think about fouls. So don't foul them. Don't make it easy for them to create chances and, and really be careful with the ball in your own opposition third, because they can be lethal when it comes to creating chances from that. Otherwise, this team loves to cross. Uh, they have top 10 in amount, amounts of crossing, and they have number eight in terms of the amount of corners allotted to them. So this is a team you just can't give anything to. Make them earn it. Yeah, I completely agree. And I'll quickly touch on defense before we get into our keys of the game. Their XGA is 1.67 per 90, and they're for their full season. That's second worst in the MLS. As opposed to when they're at home, it's 1.34, which is the eighth in the MLS. Only five goals against at home. Um, with 30% of those goals against coming in the last 10 minutes of the game, which is something that we have not been very good at, but I would like to see if we can kind of turn that on, especially with some of these spark plugs. We'll talk about guys coming back on and um, and subs coming on later on, but they concede every 161 minutes. That's not great to hear. Um, they average 1.38 points per match, better than a home points per match as well. And they have the seventh most shots against on target. So that's one thing that I think we can try to push through, but, they have 44% of clean sheets at home, fourth most saves with a 78% goalkeeper save percentage, fifth in the MLS. I think they're playing a lot of teams where, and we're seeing that a lot in the MLS where teams are just getting shots on goal. We're more of a chance creator with less shots on actual goals. Yeah. So I think we can put those away. Yeah. We have a better, I think, conversion rate Agreed. than I think a lot of teams do. That's but the word. let's look at the keys to the game here. So let's start offensively. So up top here for me, and this is more general mentally we've got to be there for this whole game the full 90 plus whatever minutes it takes i feel like we kind of switched off last night a little bit in the rsl game it just looked everyone kind of looked down a little defeated we've got to bring a better mentality to saturday for the full game it it, it cannot be for 60 minutes it can't be for a half it needs to be for the full game and i think like you said we don't want to get punched in the mouth i think we need to come out and punch them in the mouth we need to start strong they usually have a little bit of a slower start at home in the first half with only a plus one goal differential in all their first halves at home, which is a pretty poor points per match. If you look at that and then versus the second half, it's a totally different tale. So they just got cooked by Houston. Like I said, four, one yesterday, two of those goals came in the first five minutes. 
so Houston punched them out right away. They also scored two late goals. So we'll get to my late point there. But early, 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 you've got to come out flying against these guys to have a chance. I completely agree. And I think that's one and one guy we're going to have to rely on, as, as we always have, is Roman Berkey. I think he's going to have to play big with a Boba Say. Um, putting shots on in Espinoza. So one thing we're definitely going to need to focus on. But is there anything else you want to touch on, Jake? No, just got to be meaningful with our our, our chances. Got to have better substitutions, better timing. Got to have impacts in the game. Take chances. Take take shots. Uh, let them have possession. That, that's kind of what I would say in terms of offensively. Defensively, on the flip side, we cannot concede early, like you already mentioned. Uh, they're riding a little bit of a wave right now in terms of at home, so we got to be able to sto- weather that storm. I think our midfield needs to take control of this game. That's not where they're the strongest, so I think it, whether that's Miggy, Blum, Indy, or whatever combination of guys that is, we're going to need to help our back line and protect them from this this threat they have with their dynamic front players. Otherwise, I, I talk about set-piece defending. you got to be comfortable and confident on those and no late goals against this team god if, if we went to this game and it was zero zero and we're going to the 81st minute i'd be crapping myself because i it, it, we're just gonna it, you just know the writing's on the wall we, we we have to turn that around at some point yeah we need to make sure that we hold this because especially no early goals no late goals i think that's the key right there and we're on the midfield let's talk about the midfield jake you want to pull up the uh the starting yeah the i'll pull i'll i'll pull it up there's one other thing i want to mention on that defensively and that's that um for this 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 game, oh, I, I don't have the lineup up, but I, I have up our screenshot. We can voice it over, Justin. But for this game, yeah. I think Berkey's going to be on his game, obviously, for crosses and the corner kicks, like I mentioned. But the goal for me is to get a point or three here, right? Because if you look at our away form, we haven't won away since March 25th. Uh, against RSL, which we routed them. And we haven't even gotten a point away from home since 422. So, you know, we're coming on two months now where we haven't been able to get more than a point uh, away. It's literally been two months on the dot. So this is an opportunity to, to, to get something. Go get something. San Jose, obviously riding a little bit high, but they just got spanked by Houston. The weather will be nice. 73, 54, it looks like, high and low. Uh, for, for Saturday, but in terms of who's going to go out and do this for us, this is a little, this is a hard for me, Justin, because I feel like rotation is likely in this game. I don't know who yet, but my thought here is, and this is, I'll get to the question is Hebert or Nelson at left back. So Hebert will return uh, from his red card suspension and people were crapping on him after the game. I don't know what game people are watching, but I actually thought Johnny played decent last night. I, I thought he had some good chances in creation, especially in the first half. I don't know if, if Kyle makes a big difference there in, the, in that game. I could honestly be more open to seeing like Hebert come into the center back pairing versus pushing Johnny out of the lineup. What do you think about that? I completely agree. I would love to see Johnny on the left, Hebert back in the middle with Parker and Nowinski on the right. I think it's Bartlett has been doing well, but I think there's a couple of these where we're seeing him just a little slow and he's kind of getting caught in between stepping or not. So I'd like to see what we could do back with the Hebert Parker combo and go back to what we originally started with the season. Yeah, so I, I like appreciate that. that. And as we move to the midfield, I saw you have on here Blum making a little triangle with Blum and Miggy in front of the defensive, uh, the defensive four with Indy at the point man. And then you got Stroud on the right. All on the left and Nico up top. I would love to see it. The only thing I, I there's a couple of people to chirp in, I guess, at the game. I don't know if Miggy is, it's the defensive guy that we need there. But yeah. So I just don't know if Ostrock did enough to to hold it. So right now without Leuven, it's kind of like you know it's going to be Indian Blum 
but then who's that third? I agree. That, that is the debate. And the only reason I put Miggy there is because obviously he didn't play a minute last night. And I think that might have been intentional to get him rested for this game. I feel a lot more comfortable with Miggy if he's paired up with a guy like Blum. Because I think what would happen in this game is how I would approach it is Miggy is my Blum and Blum is my Leuven and Indy is Indy in this game with the, with our midfield three. I, I feel like yeah. Blum can do the Leuven role. And I feel like Miggy would feel a lot more comfortable with a guy like Blum helping him in, in the That's back. True. I like that. That's where I'm at with that one right now. Um, yeah, in the wings, I'm open to change. I would love to see an Aziel Jackson start, give him a full 90. I could see them going with that because Stroud played the first the full 90 last night for the first time this season. Yeah. Uh, and Alm only played, what, 30, 40 minutes. So he's going to be fairly fit and ready to go. Nico, I do worry about running him into the ground, but we have no other option up top at this point. No, I think that'll be fine. What do you got for a prediction, Jake? Oh, also, want to give a quick shout-out to uh, ooh, wrong side, Johnny Klein. Got some more yeah. minutes again last night. Yep. Always good for the slew, Bill. Shout out, Johnny. Uh, what's your prediction for the game, Jake? Prediction for the game, I am optimistic in saying a 1-1 draw. I think that would be immense for us to come out with a win here. Um, I'm just looking at generally, and I want to hear yours too, but generally we have a, we have five more games, right, between now and yeah. the League's Cup. I think we've got to come away with seven points to, to keep pace while we bide time for guys like Klaus, Leuven, and Nilsson to come back. Nilsson's two to four weeks, I've heard. Leuven is is four to six, right? Yep. Uh, or four. And then Klaus is is four to six. So we're looking at at least a month more uh, of not dealing with with our, our forward and central midfielder and Nilsson back maybe right before League's Cup. I was thinking similarly to you, but I went with a 2-2 draw just because I feel like we've been a little bit shaky on defense and they have a strong offense. But then also, I think we can still create chances against these guys and score on them. So... I would love to see a nice little get us out there and get out with a tie um, and get a point, like you said, because it's been a bit. But let's talk bets. Money line, San Jose plus 105, City plus 215, the draw plus 260. Over under, the over two and a half is minus 155. Kind of juicy. The under is plus 125. Both teams to score minus 180. I'm going to go first, Jake. My hammer is City double chance. For us to get something out of this game, tie or win, minus 135, I think that's disrespectful. This team is still good. Let's go out there and let's punch them in the mouth and get out of there with some points. It's funny, too, because, yeah, I mean, remember when we were always plus money in the very beginning of the season? We were like plus 300, plus 200. No matter what, we were just riding that ship because we were proving guys wrong. I really hope we do on Saturday as well. My, I have two best bets for this one, actually. Two Grahammers. My, my first one is a first half draw at plus 130 that happens 78 percent of the time for san jose at home and 88 percent of the time for us away so a first half draw is comfortable for me and it's plus money play with plus 130 otherwise highest scoring half it's going to be the second half for me unless we just show out in the first half which i would love us to i'd love to be wrong here but san jose looks to be a much stronger team in the second half in terms of goal output and I think we've shown we can score in the, in the second half as well. So that's at the minus 105. So the highest scoring half to be the second half is at minus 105. I'm going for that as well. I love it. Yeah. So that, that that's what we have for you all today. Otherwise, I got one, one question here. I think we've answered most of the questions coming in the comments too. But I got a question from Jack on Twitter. Justin, I want to hear your thoughts here is, what do we need to look for in terms of fullbacks? Because to me, it seems that this that that is where we are lacking currently and where we get closed down. For me, I feel like it depends on what you're looking for in a fullback, which is exactly that question. And it, it really comes down to what Carnell wants. We've got defensive guys like Hebert, like pure def- pure defense. We've got versatile guys like Nelson, who can play both. 
And you've got guys like, you know, a Pedro who's probably more so just on the attacking side, almost like a winger or, or, or wing back. So for me, it just depends on what you want to go with. I think it's nice to have a mix of those in the squad. And I think we kind of do right now, but honestly, if you want to shore up the defensive problems, I think you got to go on more of the Nelson or Hebert side and just close up shop. Don't be leaky, protect your, your center backs and, or you commit to a back three even and let those wing backs be wing backs. So it, it just, it depends for me on what the coaching staff want. It's going to be a big week for us to prepare for this. It's a lot of back-to-back-to-back games. We need to get these guys some fresh legs. So I think we could definitely see some changes. So I'm excited. Yeah, I am too. I'm too. And I'm confident that we can go on Saturday and and mentally turn ourselves around from this game. Everyone seemed pretty frustrated last night, rightfully so. But everyone, chill out. It's going to be fine. Everyone that's freaking out saying we're frauds and we're exposed now, like, let it go. Look at the freaking Western Conference table right now. Like, we were not supposed to be here. And relax, and it's going to be a 9.30 game. Get to the pitch. Get some drinks. Get some dinner. Get there early. Get a good spot. It's going to be a good time. It will be. It will be. And Saturday, hopefully, will be a great time as well as City looks to get back on the board in terms of points here. But we're confident they can do it. Uh, Thank you all for joining today, and we will catch you on Sunday with a recap of this fixture. Until then, take care, everyone. All for City. All for City. City.